0: And uh, I'm going to review quickly, then we'll go into something, you know, a little bit different. But uh, we've touched on that, and we said uh, last week if you esteem something, and that means to have great regard and appreciate it, you're going to learn to recognize its what? Its value. Okay? And uh, you'll appreciate it. We said in order to esteem something have regard for, value value highly, and appreciate, you must have knowledge about it. And what we're talking about is you need to learn and I need to learn how to esteem, to value highly the Word of God. And there are times and there's days I think we esteem it more highly than other days, but when it comes down to it, like Abe says, when we have a week where it's up, and down and stressful. Where do you run to? You run to the rock, Jesus Christ, the living Word of God. We said that in order to esteem God's Word, you must see it as valuable. How many of you have something you would consider valuable? All of us do. Well, then you esteem it. You appreciate it. You have high regard for it. You take care of it. And uh You've got to see this this Bible this this word is treasure. I'll never forget years ago because you know I started as a young man I've always been interested in junk and and uh treasure and and I loved to dig for bottles when I was a kid at the dump. I mean I just appreciated you know, some of these older things and and uh I'll never forget one day and I had that's when I had a little blue love truck that's long before I met Kathy. Uh I was, had a connection, and I had to drive like 45 miles to another town to a little old lady who had stuff for sale. And on the way, I can still vividly remembering this, and I, 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 I was really seeking after God then, and I said, Father, if I, I don't want to ever take advantage of anybody. If there's something of great value there, you know, I want to give her a good price. And that's not usually how most antique dealers pray. Out just to get it. I'll never forget. I went to and she didn't have much. Bless her heart. I think she she was kind of poor, but I gave her really probably more than I should have. That's the problem when you're a preacher, and an antique dealer. You never take advantage of people. You end up giving them too much. And I got home and and I'll never forget this. And that's after my dad had died and I was still living with mom. And I was on the back porch and I was taking this this picture apart. And why I was taking it apart, I don't know. And out. Behind the the, the, the the mirror was $70 in, in silver certificates. And I, I let out a scream. I don't know. My mother probably wondered. And the first thing I did, I wanted to tell somebody. I found a treasure, you know. I had high regard for it. And I remember telling, you know, my sister and my brother-in-law. And I don't remember what I did with those silver certif- certificates. I should have kept them. But... uh it was exciting. You know, it had value, and I wanted to tell. And it's the same thing with the Word. We've got to get to that point where we see it as, as, as valuable and treasure, and we want to tell people about it. Amen? The psalmist says, I rejoice that your Word is one who finds great treasure. Job 23, 12 says... I have not departed from the commandments of your lips. I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. And then Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So now I want to go on today. (coughs) Look at Luke chapter 8. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. And we're talking about how to share Jesus effectively. Now, a lot of people get uptight when they think, you know, they've got to go tell somebody about Jesus. And we're all wired differently. Some of us are a little more reserved. Some of us, you know, like Abe and I, we can open our mouth and just do whatever we need to do. But some people, it's hard. How many are a little timid about cheering? You don't have to raise your hand. But I want to take... You know, I want you to feel better today before you leave because if you'll understand the nature of God's Word, you know, you need to understand all you and I need to ever do is plant the seed. Bottom line. And the increase doesn't come from you just having to plant the seed, you know. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So, who's the responsibility upon? God. Okay? You and I just need to be obedient. And in Luke chapter 8, this is the parable of the sower. And this is probably the most important parable because you don't understand the other parables unless you understand this. In verse 11, it says, Of chapter 8. Now the parable is this the seed is the word of God. Say that. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. Now, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity, verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground, say good ground, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. The seed is the word of God. Now, listen to what I'm about to say. No matter the kind of ground in which the word was sown, it did what it was supposed to do. It reached the heart. Once the word is released from a man's mouth, it will enter the heart as surely as sown seed will fall into the earth. Kathy talked about sowing seed today. That's part of the miraculous ability of the Word of God. It will always go to the heart because that's the proper environment for God's Word. Now, you and I need to understand that. The seed is the Word of God, and there there are different types of... the, The ground here represents what? Different kinds of heart. Okay, there are, you know, it talks about the ones that are rocky and the ones that fell among thorns that are caught up with the affairs of life. But it talks about the ones that fell on good ground or good heart. It got planted. It put down some spiritual roots, and then it bore fruit upwards. But this is what, I, what you need to see. All you and I, when it comes to sharing Christ, we don't make, need to make it difficult. I'll never forget Years ago, when I was going to Bible school, in one of the classes that we had, one of the assignments, and the the teacher said this at the beginning of the class, he says, before this class is over, you will be required to go and share Christ with somebody. And I, you know, I'm thinking, I'm just, I grew up a Methodist boy, we didn't do that. We just ate cookies after church. My dad always called the Methodist cookie nookers because that's all they. we got done with service immediately to the kitchen. We'd have cookies and whatever. But I, it was required if I was going to pass the class and, and uh, get a grade, I had to share Christ. And I'll never forget, I decided who it was going to be. There was an old couple who lived down the street, Eleanor and what was his name? Tom Lee and bless his heart, they were an older retired couple. They were in their 70s. Their health wasn't good, but he was the kind of guy that took this young kid under wing, and I can remember back then trying to make extra money. I didn't know anything about carpentry, but I would would build little porches for the little old ladies, and I, I, I can't believe I did that, but there was Tom Lee, and he had Parkinson's disease, and he'd bring his... Hammer, and he'd come down here, and he'd show the young preacher. I wasn't even known not I didn't wasn't a preacher then, but he'd show me how to do it, and, and try to give me advice. And he probably left shaking his head. But we had to share, and I thought, I'm gonna. We're gonna share the gospel with Tom and Eleanor Lee, and they weren't. I don't know if they were even Christians. They didn't go to church, and what? They didn't like Oral Roberts University, and I think it's because Oral bought up some ground or something that he, that he wanted or whatever. But I'll never forget the day, and I—I I mean, we prayed, and I was nervous because we went down and knocked on the door, and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Had to go in and sit down with this couple and just cold, just just point blank tell them, you know. You need Jesus, you need to get born again, you need you know, you have to have Jesus in your heart. And I don't remember the details, you know. <laughs> the only thing I remember was in <laughs> Ron you'd think this was funny, but he had Parkinson's disease and he's he kept this revolver by his chair, covered with a, a towel. <laughs> well, I'll never forget that about because I'm I'm trying to imagine Tom Lee with Parkinson's trying to shoot somebody. <laughs> But we sat down and shared the gospel. I don't even remember what happened. Do you? But they always kept in contact, and we had relationship with them. So I went, phew, I did my job. But the thing is, when we share Christ and we, we plant seed, it's not our responsibility for them. You know, They have to make up their own mind. And, and and that takes the pressure off. All you and I have to do is to share. And you can share with somebody what Christ did for you. You know, how he, you know, healed your body or how he provided for a need or how he, you know, you tell him how you were born again and the experience that you had with him. These are things you don't need to know 100 scriptures. All you and I need to do is pray and be led by the Spirit of God. And the fortunate thing was we could go down, knock on their door, and sit down and be invited in. And they probably wondered, what are you doing? But we had developed and and had a relationship with this old couple. Through the years, you know, what time we were there wasn't very long, but we built a relationship with them. And therefore, we, we had favor in their sight, and we could come in and tell them you know about Christ. So I want you to see it's not your job or my job that you know they they receive and here we just gave you the parable there's different kinds of hearts some people are just going to hear it and immediately they're going to say I don't want anything to do with it. Then there are some that might show interest, but, but they're distracted by the cares of life and, and they, then they're going to forget about it and they're not going to go ahead and, and with the process of being saved or being born again. But when it comes down to all you and I need to do is plant the seed because the seed is the word of God. Look at Isaiah 55. You cannot share Christ with somebody unless you know the nature or understand the nature of God's word. The nature of God's word. In Isaiah 55 and verse 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, verse 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void or empty, but it will accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing which I sent it. So you and I, all we need to do is what? Speak the, give them the scripture. In the margin of my Bible, it says on evangelism, It says Jesus described the word as seed, the source of all saving life and growth possibilities transmitted from the Father to mankind. All increase of life within his love comes by his word. As human response gives place for his blessing, when received, God's power or God's word of promise will never be barren. The power in his word will always fulfill the promise of his word. I want to say that again. That's a good statement. The power in his word will always fulfill the promise of his word. We never need to wonder how faith is developed or how fruitfulness is realized. Faith comes by hearing God's word, that is, by receiving it wholeheartedly and humbly. Fruitfulness is the guaranteed byproduct, whether for the salvation of a lost soul or the provision of a disciple's need. God's word cannot be barren or fruitless. His own life power is within it. Look at First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three. We're talking today about the integrity of God's word. Well, how would you define integrity? Anybody? Give me an uh, honest, sincere, truthful. It's it's vital that you, uh, you understand and I understand the integrity of God's word. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, shall he not make it good? God's word is true. All you and I have to do is recognize that. This is just not a book. This is the Word of God. It's alive. It's eternal. When you and I pray and we declare and decree a thing, it shall be done by our Father in heaven. Because God watches over His Word. Not your Word, but His Word. Because God's word is a seed. And every week, what am I doing? I'm planting seeds into your hearts. And some, I mean, if you look at that parable, there's four different kinds of hearts. And usually on a Sunday morning, I'm reaching 25% of you. And 75% I'm not. Boy, you're kind of looking at me funny. Read the parable. 25% 25% took the seed, but 25% hard heart, 25% distracted by everything. That's why Abe said, you know, let's forget about the distractions of the week. You might look at me like I'm not telling you the truth, but I am. The condition of your heart when you walk through the door dictates whether you're going to receive it and bear fruit or you're going to walk out like you might And some other Sunday. The word of God isn't, you're not esteeming it. It isn't valuable. It isn't precious. And I'll be honest with you, there are preachers that beat themselves up and I have done it through the years thinking, I'm doing this, is, is it, is it a making it a difference? When I look out and there's not everybody here on Sunday morning, you're thinking, oh geez, I must not be a very good preacher, nobody likes me, amen? Thank you. I know you do. And you don't know, realize how much that means to me. Thank you. But the thing that I have to realize, all I have to do is plant the seed. It's your responsibility to maintain the condition of your heart. It's your responsibility to pull yourself up by the bootstraps when you walk through that door and come in with an attitude, well, you know what? I don't know if I always like his sermons, and he kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes. He makes me uncomfortable when he preaches. Oh, I'm doing my job then. But it's your job to get your heart right. If you've been arguing with your mate, then you get, deal with it before you get to church so you can receive the word. If you've been distracted by a bill during the week and you're all, fr- you know, worked yourself up to a lather and wondering how you're going to pay a bill, it's your responsibility to say, My God shall supply all my need. See, it's not my responsibility to get you saved, it's my responsibility to plant the seed. And tell you what a loving Heavenly Father. I look back, it, it tore me up when I found out about Corey. Some of you didn't know Corey, this young man. How many of you remember him sitting here, though? And I'll never forget how I met him whipped around a corner one Sunday. Kathy and I were going somewhere, and there was this kid outside of a house. Were you with us, Caleb? And there's a big old crack crock. Of course, I, I got radar. When there's junk out there, I'm just honing right in on it. And I'll never forget get, getting out and and uh, ended up buying a few things. And my heart, instantly, I looked, I, I was drawn to him. And from then on, that's been, oh, my goodness, how many years ago? 10, 15 years and I helped him, and bless, bless. I know Ron Albin did. You help me try to help him. <laughs> you win some, Ron, and you lose some. But I can remember through the years, I would just tell him, you know, I love you. A few weeks, it wasn't, you know, one of the last times he was here, it's been a month ago or so, you know, and he didn't come regular. But he came up, and I, sent, I looked at him, and I said, and I don't know why I did this, because I don't use this word love flippantly. I said, I love you. I really love you. And I looked at Deja, and I said, I love you. And so all you can do with people like that is plant seeds. Yeah, do I want them in church every Sunday? Sure I do, because I know if they'll get the word it'll, and receive it, it'll it'll make them stronger, and they'll be able to rise above you know, life's problems and everything that else has controlled them through the years. But all you can do is do your best. But I take, you know, uh, I'm so happy that I looked at him and I said, I really love you. Plant a seed. So, you know, folks, you know somebody that's an in law or an outlaw or a rebel, for some reason, and I knew this early on in my ministry. I was going to deal with a lot of rebels. And I've had some rebels through the years. And I've won some and I've lost some. And it breaks my heart that I've lost some. But, but I know that I did my best in planting a seed. So you, this week, you can plant a seed. You can tell somebody you love them. You can encourage them. Build a relationship with them. No, you might not get them saved. They might not pray the p- the sinner's prayer. Now when come time to do this funeral, I'm going to plant some seed because I know he's going to have some characters there. <laughs> and I'm going to plant some seed. So just develop that mindset. Don't be uh, nervous about sharing Christ or sh- talking spiritual things with other people. Just just love them as they are and build a relationship with them and you know, s- do something nice for them and and, you know, the thing is, uh, one day Corey came in, walked through those doors and came in and sat down, and he'd been here to church more than once. He wasn't consistent, but my goodness, considering his background, and, you know, he ended up in, in the penitentiary for a while and then got out after a year. Yeah, when Joan Sousa, the evangelist, was here, they came forward. Now, I told his mother, his stepmom, I said, I believed he was saved, and he he must have made a commitment when he was a young child. But they came up, and so I know where he is this morning. He never really prayed the sinner's prayer with me, but I loved him and and accepted him the way he was. He was a renegade. He was a rebel, (sighs) sometimes a confused young man, but ultimately he'd still come back. And sit down and listen to me. And bottom line, he knew that I genuinely loved him and accepted him the way he was. I mean, you were kind of a war piece of work when you first started coming to church. And remember, you came over to the house one day. You were a little nervous about telling me some trouble that you'd gotten into. But you know, you've never been difficult for me. Thank you. You're you're good. You know, you're a good guy. It's your dad I'm concerned about. He's he's. Just plant the seed, folks. Just plant the seed. There's a scripture, and I'll give you one more scripture. Look in in chapter um, three, First Corinthians. This is Paul. This is where the churches, Corinthian church, they were getting in strife and they were all, oh, I'm a, I am behind Paul or I'm behind Apollos or, you know, this apostle's better, that apostle's better. And Paul basically said in verse 5, who then is Paul? Who is Apollos? But ministers, ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. And Paul said this, and, you know, I want you to understand this today. It's so simple. Paul said, I plan it. Apollos watered, but who gave the increase? So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but it is God who gives the increase. Now he who plants, he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. The one who is obedient to plant the seed of the word of God is successful. The one who is obedient to water that seed is successful. Ultimately, God is the one who gives the increase, not the one who waters, not the one who plants. It is God who gives the increase. The one who plants and the one who waters is not responsible for the growth or success of that seed. It is God who really makes the seed grow. To become an effective witness, and that's what we're talking about with our mission statement, learning how to share Christ with others. To become an effective witness, you must place absolute confidence in the integrity of God's Word. When God says something, He means what He says. When He says He will do something, it will be done. That's what I'm talking about. God is honest. God is truthful. God is sincere. You can, you, if God, if God's word says it, it's gonna happen. You've got to you've got to look at God's word that way. And I'll use Dean, bless his heart, spoke up today. It's nice to hear somebody likes you and loves you. Um, but if Dean were to tell me something that he was gonna do for me. I would never think twice about it, Dean, because Dean's old school. Your word is your bond. If you say it, then you're going to do it. See, years ago, this is what we used to do. Don't do that much anymore. You shake on it. Yeah, you should. You shake on something. Your word should be good. A man or woman is only as good as his or her word. Your word's not good. You're no good. Kids, I'll pick on the Osborne girls back there. You say you're going to do something for mom or dad? mom or dad ever ask you to do anything? (laughs) Who are you grinning for? You're just back there. Oh, God, I wish he wouldn't pick on me. If you tell mom and dad you're going to do something, do it. Make sure your word's good. You're in business. You're mowing. You got He's the only one in this church bleeding for snow, and I've got to have a sit-down talk with him. His business relies on moving snow, you know. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, you do it. That's how you build your business. And you're that way too. You understand that. You get it. You probably got it. That's probably one thing you got from dad because he was a businessman. You are as good as your word is. That's one thing I might I might not have been the perfect father. But I'll tell you what, my kids understand tithing. My kids understand sewing, Caleb and... You know, I won't tell on Caleb. I won't say what you, you did specifically. But Caleb and I were going down the road the other day. He was telling me about their church needed chairs. They're in Kearney. And I said, when you're in a Kearney, you're going to another church. You tithe to that church. You give to that church. He said they had a special offering that they wanted to raise money, and they needed chairs. And so he and Kaylee sowed seed. It was a big seed. Where'd they get that from? Well, ultimately, God puts gifts in you, the giving gift. But he has watched mom and dad through the years sow. Even in good times and in bad times, you sow seed. But you've got to have confidence in the word of God. It will not return void or empty. When we plant the seed of God's word in the hearts of people, God has said it will not return to Him void, but it will accomplish His purpose in that purpose in that person's life. It's not our responsibility to bring the increase; it's God's. I want you to remember that. It's not. Amen. Everybody closed their Bible when I did. Maybe I'm just gonna I'm gonna open it up. Come on, Leon, Brian, gotta open it up. No. It's God's responsibility, not our responsibility to bring the increase. So don't be timid about sharing. Just say, you know, know that this book is real, that the Word is alive, it's a seed, and you're going to open up and you're going to maybe give one person a Scripture. Maybe tell one person they're loved by God and I love you. You don't realize that. The difference that makes in a person's life, all I could think of during worship was Corey. I saw his face today. But I do know and I'm confident in the fact I did make a little bit of difference in the young man's life. Because I planted seed. Amen. Let's stand up.